Thank you for joining us for our first episode of Our Imperfect Faith. This podcast was really inspired about a, a situation that my husband and I, our family, went through recently and realizing that we didn't handle things perfectly, but it didn't mean we didn't have faith. And so today I'm joined by my husband, my beloved husband of 24 years and um, occasional co-host, Rufus Williams. So thank you for joining me, babe. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I think um, even getting to this point, even to, to today, recording the podcast has been a journey um, and just really having to step out in faith and just do it, believing this is something that we are called to do and inspired to do. And as we share these stories, we really want to inspire people and let them know that this faith walk that we have, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to respond to things perfectly all the time. And so today we're just going to talk about what happened in our lives that got us to this point and, and how we navigated that situation. So I'll share with you that it really started um, on March thir- March 6th, rather, of 2020, so just this year, when our daughter, um, our 17, now 18-year-old daughter, Micaiah, had a lump. We discovered there was a lump on her throat, and then it just started a whirlwind of, of things that happened. So Friday the 6th, there's this lump on her throat. On the 7th, I asked my friend um, Shastra, who is a doctor, to check out Micaiah's neck, and Shah told us, really, you need to take her to the emergency room because she felt it and really couldn't tell whether it was the lymph nodes, whether it was her thyroid, she wasn't sure. So that same day, we actually took Micaiah to urgent care. Um, Rufus and I both took her and at urgent care, the physician's assistant there, same thing, right, Rufus? She yeah. she didn't know what it was. She She felt it. She suggested a round of antibiotics and then that we follow up with our PCP. And so then... Monday the 9th, we go to our PCP's office, see the nurse practitioner there, same thing. Can't tell what it is, what's going on with her neck. So she recommends we go for CT, um, rather, I'm sorry, um, an an ultrasound. Yeah. So had an ultrasound um, the very next day. And then we get a call from the PCP's office that says, um, can you come in? We want to take some, do some blood work. What had happened was the ultrasound came back and I made a note of it. They described it. There were a lot of words, but the ones I wrote down was a complex appearing five centimeter, well circumscribed lesion, right? A lot of words. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really understood, but it wasn't sounding very good. And especially this sense of urgency, because then they wanted us to go um, and have a CT scan the next day. And so the very next day, Rufus, you took her for a CT scan and kind of tell us what were you feeling at this point, um, taking our daughter for a CT scan um, at the hospital? Well, even as you were talking, a flood of emotions came forward of remembering things of Remembering the fear that I had, the anxiety, uh, the the need to show confidence uh, in front of her uh, that, you know, everything was good, everything was going to be all right. Uh, we were driving down the road and going to the uh, the, the hospital and uh, to, to get the, the, the scan done. And this, even at this time, it was still pre-COVID, I, I think. Uh, it was right yeah. there on the cusp. Yeah, because yeah. we, we still had to get temperature. She had to get a temperature scan and everything else. Um, 
So with that said, uh, as I was saying, you know, the, the flood of emotions that you're having, trying to, you know, show confidence and the thought we later on we talked about having the uh, doubt in your head and faith in your heart. And, you know, you have that doubt that, hey, you know, what in the world is going on here? Uh, but you have to have to believe God and have to trust God and, and, and show faith and, and pray and continually just, uh, you know, we weren't sleeping well. And we were, I was up at, at in the morning praying and up at night praying and, and just uh, praying over her and not trying to show the the fear and anxiety that I had with uh with to the other kids and to her and i remember after we got the test after we did the test and we came on back home i went to work and we were waiting Mm -hmm. uh, to hear and even and she would text me and ask me are you heard anything yet because she knew that hey you know i'll you know if i'm going to get this test you know what what is going to go on and you know one of the one of the funny things that i just remember now was when we um when she laid down on the on the uh, apparatus to get the goat in, inside the machine to get the the scan and everything, she wanted me to take a picture of her. <laughs> and you know, she took off all the earrings. And you know, I'm I'm kind of queasy about earrings and stuff, so she had to take them off, and I had to hold them. And I had I think I had to even take one out of her ear, so she had had me take one out out. And uh, so I was holding them, and I took the picture and everything. And I'm sitting outside. Waiting on her to get it done, and then she got it done. I know I'm not moving in perfect time order because I'm just remembering things. Yeah, that's right. So she had, so we did that. So we, I was at work um, waiting on the, uh, the uh, call back, and I, you know, they still hadn't said anything. Uh, so we still, um, we hadn't, hadn't heard any, really anything about what was going on. So uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, up to that point that we were uh, that we were waiting on them to give us the the because they still couldn't diagnose it even with the um, with the scan they could, still couldn't see uh, what was going on so we had to had to reach out to even more to they, they referred that's when they referred us to the ENT right physician after that yeah right yeah so I remember um, when you um, left, like you said, and you went to work and I just had a big presentation at work that day, which is why I wasn't able to go with you. And I think even at this point, I'm not sure if they were letting more than one person in the hospitals, but mm-hmm. you called and at some point called and said they want to send her to ENT mm-hmm. for a biopsy. Yep. So yep. I think even hearing the word biopsy, it definitely sent shock waves yep. through us. And like, what in the world are they having sending her for a biopsy. And so you had taken, and they wanted it the same day. So yes. again, there's this sense of urgency. Things are happening so fast. It, it, this can't be good. And so in this situation, I ended up taking her. So you had taken her. School. She was at That's school. Right. You had taken her to school after the CT scan. Um, we actually had her, you called an Uber because yep. I was doing a presentation. She Ubered home so that I could get from uptown where we live to pick her up and get her to the, um, to see ENT. And so when we get to ENT, he examined her and he said um, that he thought it was a brachial cleft cyst. Yes. And so I, I checked my phone and my text to you at 2.49 on Wednesday the, the 11th of March was um, ENT thinks it's a brachial cleft cyst. 
um, wants her to take antibiotics for 10 days and come back in two weeks. And your text back to me was, I was praying, Lord, let this, let there be someone who knows what this is or has seen it before and knows what to do. And you're followed immediately, immediately by need to close my door to cry. Yep. And then um, I responded, I know. And you said, we're celebrating. And so like, what was that? What was that like in, in that moment hearing Yes. A diagnosis of some kind. That was, I mean, it was just awesome to hear. Because, uh, I, I mean, of course, I Googled it. Uh, like anyone would uh, Google the the term and to find out exactly what that meant. Uh, so, and knowing uh, what it was, and I did. And, yep, I closed my door and, and just, uh, you know, just celebrated. Uh, and so I thank God, you know, that you know, we've got somebody who knows what it is. And it's not uh, life-threatening uh you know, it's something that, you know, could be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that was definitely just relief, the pain, uh, the pain that, uh, that was the fear that we had, the anxiety. And as I said, for just like, you know, you, you, uh, we've titled this uh, uh, Imperfect Faith. Um, and that's what it, it was because I will go back to that, you know, doubt in your head and, and, and hope and faith in your heart. So you're believing God, you're knowing God, right. but that doesn't, uh, make you immune from saying, Hey, what is going on here? It doesn't make you immune to thoughts of, 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 of the, uh, uh, the, uh, far reaching thoughts of, of something terrible happening, something uh, bad happening. Uh, so but you're still, you're trusting, you're, you're walking with God and believing him and, and believing that he's going to sustain you. But you still are human. You still have a, a mind that thinks and sees things and, and goes to that place. And you still have an enemy out there who attacks that mind. Right. And so you just have to constantly pray and believe God and, 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 and have that hope that, hey, you know, he's got things in, in control. Right. And then after... After this, so we get this this sense of relief, yes. right? That cry, that release, that yeah. thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. We go back, do our follow-up appointment a couple of weeks later. The cyst is still there. And so the doctor says, you know what? We need to have surgery. Because initially he thought maybe the antibiotics would treat it. but And if that didn't work, there could be surgery. And I think he had mentioned that um, from the beginning. So April 9th, so now it's really... Um, just over a month from initially finding it, Makaya goes in from surgery. And now you mentioned COVID before. COVID was in full full effect in terms of limited number of people at hospitals and mm-hmm. surgery centers. And so only one person was allowed to go in with her. And in this case, I went with her to have the surgery bright and early five o'clock in the morning. We had to be at the surgery center. Um, Makaya goes in she has surgery. We're expecting this cyst is going to be removed. You know, I'm wa- I'm working in the lobby, watching television, just and praying, waiting. And then they call me back and I go back in the room and I remember pulling out my notebook to write it because I know whenever things like this happen, you always want to know the details. You weren't in the room. It didn't even dawn on me to call you in that moment. Um, but I knew I wanted to write because really thought nothing was going to be wrong. So mm-hmm. it was just to be able to kind of take notes about what, when to give her her medicine and those things that when you're receiving healthcare with a loved one, stuff comes so fast, you don't always remember it. So I'm ready to take notes. He comes in and again, because it's COVID, I'm wearing a mask, he's wearing a mask. Um, and so previously when I would meet with him, he would be seated um, and have on the mask. This time he walks into the room and he's 
stands, but he removes his mask. And now in retrospect, I, I realized he stood across the room because of COVID. He wanted to keep his distance, but he also took off the mask so I could see his face. Whereas with most of the appointments, uh, the recent appointments hadn't been able to see his face because of that. And he looks at me and basically says, um, he says, it wasn't a cyst. Um, some other words. And then he says it was malignant. And I, I look, cause I know what malignant means. Right. And I'm like, hold on. Did, did I hear you right? What did you just say to me? Um, and he said it wasn't a cyst. It was malignant and not, I think it's malignant. It might be malignant. Clearly, this is malignant. He even told me that he's diagnosed this before. So he clearly knew my child, our child, 17-year-old daughter, just had graduated high school. Not quite yet. Hadn't even graduated yet. Was mm -hmm. about to graduate high school. Had cancer. And so I asked him what kind of what exactly it was. He said he thought it was the lymphoma. I asked about treatment. He said it would likely be chemotherapy. And so he, I left, walked out of that room there at that surgery center by myself having been told our child has cancer. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to call you and say that over the phone. I, I just was kind of, I didn't know what to do with myself. I did, I called Shaw, who had been there the whole time to say, look, help me because I'm trying not to cry because I got to drive this child home. I want to talk to Rufus and tell him what's going on. And so um, I'm dealing with that. Um, and just to kind of get through the story, because you know, we, we get her home it's a while before I tell you, we run some errands, we do some things. And I remember pulling you into the room finally, after we had kind of got her fed, everybody was settled and said, um, can you come talk to me? And as we're walking up the stairs, you say, I'm sc you, you're scaring me. Yeah. Um, and so we come in our, our room and I tell you what the doctor has told us. And again, this is April 9th. And I think that began six days of, I describe as the worst six days of my life. Yeah. I mean, we have lost our parents, both of us. We've lost all of our parents. You've lost a brother. I've lost, um, you know, we've lost other family members. The thought, and I didn't think I could feel worse, but the thought of losing our child, because when you hear cancer, no matter how much faith you have, yeah. You you question because let's also be real. My mom died from ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. Your brother died from brain cancer. Yes. So cancer, we've been in this place of we're trusting and believing God that somebody with cancer is going to get healed, and we lost two people that we know had that we loved and prayed for and believed for, and now our child we're being told that. So at that moment, what were you feeling when I said to you what the doctor said? I just felt like I had been. Cut down at the knees. Because um, as, a, as a father, one of the God-given responsibilities is protect, to be a protector. Right. And at that moment, I just felt like, hey, no, even the entire time, I, God, there was nothing I could do to protect my child. Nothing uh, other than, well, in the world, I say nothing, nothing physically that I can do. Spiritually, I could continue to pray, continue to believe God, continue to seek his face. But physically, there was nothing I could do to to protect her, um, and so I and I just uh, you know just like the wind had been sucked mm -hmm. out of me, 
um, and for those six days, I mean, I, and you and I have talked about it. I just, I just wanted to crawl up on somewhere and die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just felt like death would be a better death to me would be a better solution than to have to see my child go through um, anything like this. And so, you know, just being real, that's yeah. just how I was. I just, I mean, talk about lack of sleep or didn't want to eat and no motivation really to, to do anything. And I know, uh, you know, and I just, the only thing that, the, the things that kept me going was one of my belief in God and, and the, the and the three children, the, the other three children that we have, and uh, all, four of the, all four of our children that we have, uh, you know, the, the need to be there for them. Um, and and continue on. So you know, we just continue to work and continue to to do what we needed to do. So that's that's where I was, just beaten up, beaten down, uh, no energy, mm-hmm. no motivation, uh, lack of anything, and just having to put on because we 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 have job, we have a family responsibility, we have jobs. So I had to uh, just have a uh, put on a face. Yeah. To uh, to continue to be there for for the people I was um, that I had responsibility for in my job and to be there for my children and my wife. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm with you. The reality is, you know, we talked about it. We both felt like we weren't going to make it. Like, you know, I, that death would be a better option. And the thought of our child not making it, like having cancer, not surviving it, because when you hear cancer you hear death. I mean, it's just the reality. Like you hear that word. And when my mom was diagnosed, I remember where I was. And I remember sitting down on the sidewalk because I was at work and had to run out the building and just crying and breaking down. Because when you hear that word, you immediately, no matter what, are starting to think the worst thing could happen. And so I remember too, and we talked about it. I was like, God, I'm not going to make it. Like I'm not going to be to survive this. I don't know how people do. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. make, make it through this. And so we talked about it and it was, it was, it was horrible. And like you said, we were, we didn't tell her, we debated, we discussed it several times. Sh- should we tell her, but we didn't want, because we were in the midst of all this fear, anxiety, not sleeping, not eating. Um, we were still praying and yeah. we were still believing and we didn't want her to have to go through that because pathology hadn't come back but again he had said it with such confidence mm-hmm. um that it was really just a matter of pathology confirming it and yeah. us figuring mm-hmm. out where to go from here and we're trying to figure out where she what's going to happen with college what's going to how is she going to like all of those emotions were going were going through both of us um and you know I remember some friends came over and I'm like to drop something off to us. It was COVID again, so nobody's, we're not hanging out. And I said, I, in one minute, am cursing and saying Jesus at the same time. Because it was such, I'm like, how in the world could this be? And I'm, and, but God, how can this be? Like, I trust you and I know that this isn't what's gonna happen. I, I You know, that she's gotta be okay. And I remember, um, because it, it was my birthday, I had ordered a cake for my cousin who makes cakes and went to pick it up. And I was in the car to go pick it up. And you had offered to, to go with me in the car. 
um, to go pick up the cake. And I knew I wanted to be by myself because we were all, we were doing school from home, work from home. So we were always around each other. Everybody was, I hadn't had a chance to really cry because with the kids here and us not having told them, you couldn't scream out and cry in front of them. Um, we had cried during praise and worship. We were doing church online and Jeremiah was like, what, what's going on? Like something's wrong. Cause we're like, we're just worshiping. He's like, nah, this isn't just, this isn't just worship. (laughs) Something else is going on. But when I went to get, um, to get my cake, I had time in the car by myself and I just cried and screamed while I was driving. It felt like it was coming from I don't know, my toes, the inner core of me, and just had a, had to scream and cry, God, I this cannot be. Like, there's no way this can be. And I remember coming home and talking to you, and you said, I think your words were, God would get no glory in her having cancer. Right. Like, there's no glory in that. And I think that's part of what we were standing on yep. is... We're trusting and we don't care what he said. And, you know, our prayer was if it's if he saw cancer because he was so sure it's not going to be cancer when pathology comes back. Like it's that's not what it's going to be, because, you know, like you said, back to what your statement was, what 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 glory was God going to get get out of that? And that's where we had to be. And that's not to say that when someone has it, something comes back as positive that. I don't know how God does everything, you know, but no, for no. us, it was a trust. It was a belief that this can't be right. 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 And that's, that's so true that we don't know everything we don't, uh, about God's plan. Um, but the one thing that, that I went back to is even before these children were in your womb, we, they've been prayed over by us. They've been prayed over by others. Um, we were, we were trusting God. And we has to we have have the kids confess that that they will fulfill God's purpose, yeah. God's plan, God's destiny, and God's will for their lives, and they they've been saying that since they were little, and so I was believing God that her her will, her destiny, uh, her uh, purpose, and his uh, had not been done uh, through God yet. Mm-hmm. That you know he had he hadn't finished it, the purpose and the, and the will and the destiny that he had and already linked out for her. So that was still still to come. And so we just continued to, to believe God. We were, we had that imperfect faith where, you know, there were times to break down, but then with the, they were also continually believing God and trusting him and leaning on him. And that's all you can do. Right, right. So then finally, again, we were told on April 9th that she has cancer. Mm-hmm. And then on April 15th, um, two days after my birthday, so I will remember yes. this birthday always. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a call at 10 o'clock, about 10.20, I think, Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called you in because he said, I have some news for you and it's good. And I remember just that quickly, okay, good. That means maybe it's not bad cancer. Like I still didn't know right. because mm-hmm. I knew there were two different kinds of lymphoma. One was worse than the other, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he said, it's not cancer. It's a brachial cleft cyst. And I called you in Mm -hmm. and you ran into the bathroom and just started crying and praising God and screaming Jesus and in the background and I'm crying and the kids are coming in asking what's going on and we're sending them out because we're trying to process it. Um, And what he said was that he actually was off. The doctor, the surgeon was off work that day, but had gotten the pathology and actually called and spoke to the pathologist himself 
to make sure he understood correctly because mm-hmm. he was so convinced that mm-hmm. what he saw that he had diagnosed in other people before was yeah. cancer that when pathology came back that it wasn't he wanted to talk to the the pathologist to clarify before he called us mm-hmm. so um it, so what what were you feeling what were you feeling when you heard that well and, and kind of back to those days when we found it out you know we count, we limited the number of people we talked to very limited uh, yeah we didn't we didn't tell the kids cuz we didn't want them worrying didn't want them uh, them to have this uh, anxiety hanging over them, so and we and we limited. And I, I told two of my sisters who I knew would be praying, who would be believing God. And we told your brothers, um, and we told. I told like two other and two other friends. Well, Shastra who, and David knew, and a couple who, other people. Yeah, who would be praying, and so uh, you know, so I knew that they would be praying not only for her but for us, mm-hmm. and so. I think that was part of, of lifting our arms up, uh, just like um, um, the the Israelites uh, had to have someone to lift the arms up of the leader right. uh, to continue to uh, to sustain the battle that they were going through. Uh, you know, they were praying for us to to sustain us that that we were getting that energy uh, through from God through them as they were interceding for us and interceding for Micaiah. And so all that pressure that when we got that phone call, I didn't want to hear anything else. I didn't need to hear anything mm-hmm. else. And that's why I just ran away and just locked myself in and just gave God the glory, gave God the praise. I uh, thanked him for, you know, for for delivering her, for delivering us. And again, that there's no set formula for for this walk that we have with God. There's no right way of doing things. Uh, yes, I was praising God during the time that we uh, we were going through this and uh, but also was was like what in the world is going on and, and again that that doubt in your head and that fighting against and that fear and that anxiety was there. So it was that range of emotions. So when you when I heard that and I needed to just get away, I didn't need to talk to him anymore. I didn't need to talk to you. I just wanted to be alone and just all that pressure that is like a, a pressure a pressure cooker, and it's just every, all of that the flood of emotions needed to come out, and that's why I was just away and just screaming. And I wish I had a a soundproof room where I could do have done even more. Because I was cautious of the fact that there, you know, my kids were in the house. Everybody was in the house. We had neighbors. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know how much my voice would carry through windows or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I tried to find the most, the place where I have the most solitude and just just wanted to let it out and just let 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 my ears hear of, of glorifying God and let me and let uh, you know I know God will hear, but I wanted to hear it too that. You know, I love you and I appreciate, you know, you know, what you have done and how you have delivered us through it, how you've sustained us while we were walking, walking this walk. Yeah, that's that's so good. One of the things you said that just really made me think when you talked about the people and how we limited it to a few people, how it was so important to have those people to lift our, our arms up and to talk to. 
And the reality, too, is we didn't do a lot of talking. It was mostly praying and mm-hmm. trusting and just telling a few people. And I, I remember talking to one friend, and I, I felt like, and I could have misinterpreted it, that they maybe felt left out or disappointed that I hadn't told them earlier. And this wasn't picking and choosing. In some ways, it was. It was sort of that it took energy yeah, to even to tell anybody, yeah. to even talk about it. And so the people we told i you know i felt like i had to tell my brothers you you you've got too many siblings to have told all of them so you pick mm-hmm. you picked a couple cuz it just took so much energy we needed a couple people to know and to pray and that's it like yeah. i didn't even have the energy to tell to tell the story i had a a virtual birthday brunch scheduled um the days before on the 11th and um and went ahead with it wanted to not do it but a friend one of the few people who knew said you might you need this and it was helpful and i shared not the details with the ladies on the brunch but i i was so emotional that i didn't i told him i was i'm gonna cry like i don't think i'll make it um but and and so was able to ask a few people to pray, not knowing any of the details, but only a handful, because again, it took so much energy and we're trying to trust, but it was important to have those people, like you said, to, to lift up our arms and to, to hold us up and to hold them up. And so, um, so there was this release. It was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, this is wonderful. Yes. Um, and we felt just like, I don't know. I think part of me still says it could have been cancer that he saw because he was so convinced, but God is God. And I don't know how he does what he does, but when pathology came back, it wasn't. And, and she's, and she's good. And so after all of that, we go back for the follow-up appointment. Um, he recommends that we see uh, a specialist because there's still a bulge in the neck. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, we end up seeing this specialist. She has surgery. We have to rush and get it in because it's COVID. And if she was over 18 or over, nobody would be able to go back with her. So we mm-hmm. get it done um, right before she um, turns 18. It's yes. June June 19th is the date of the second surgery. And her 18th birthday is July 19th. So literally a month before her 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um and as we are sitting, so we both go, only one of us can go in, inside with her, but you're, you stay there the whole time. You're in the car working and we're, you know, in the, in the, it's a surgery center. So you're sort of in the driveway parking lot area. And it, I had gone out to eat lunch with you or breakfast, some friends, dear friends that brought us some breakfast to the hospital who knew we right. were there having surgery. And they come and they, the doctor, the surgeon, again, we're on a second person, a specialist. He thought it was going to last about two, two and a half hours because it appeared to be so complex. And he thought he was going to have to, I forgot, remove part of her thyroid and she may or may not have to have thyroid medicine. It's not cancer, so we can deal with all that. And he comes out, um, they come out to get me and it's only been a little over an hour. So I'm partly... I'm not sure whether to be relieved or concerned because why does he want to talk to me in an hour when this was going to take two and a half hours? And when he comes in and says, I got it, it it's, it's done. It was, it was, it was not, it was simple. Like I was able to get it. It wasn't complex mm-hmm. um, removal. I didn't have to remove any of the thyroid. And I am just like, wow. Yeah. Like God answered the prayer even beyond I don't even know, and maybe you did, I don't even know if I remember, I don't remember praying even about her not having to have the thyroid removed. I was so relieved that it wasn't cancer and that this was something that could be solved with the surgery that I was just like, thank you. What I do realize too is 
because they were saying it was complex because he hadn't gone back in. It's like until I heard that that he went back in, that still for me there was still this lingering. Mm-hmm. Could it be something? Could right. it be cancer? What does that look like? And then finally, when she had her follow up pathology came back, and he was like, "It's not cancer. It is a brachial cleft cyst." So it was still. That's for me when I fully feel like I was able to fully breathe and right. fully let it go. Right. So. Yeah, as we were waiting, as I was waiting in the car for you, and you know, you know, we were surprised by the how quickly he came back out. And I think I went in at one point, and uh, after you know, we got the everything that had taken place. So we were just, and I just, I mean, I, I'm still just standing in awe of God and what He had done. Mm-hmm. Um, or what he, everything he had done, because we, as we said, we've been praying over these children before they were in the womb. And God says in Jeremiah, I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. And so he He knows them. He knows uh, the purposes that he has for them, the plan that he has for them. And we knew that for Micaiah. And we knew that, you know, it would not be without without challenges, without a fight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so we got to continue to stand. And I think, your inspiration of this imperfect phase just speaks to it all. The 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 title speaks to it all of of we're not gonna be and I, and I, and I don't believe God expects us to walk just this and when we get when we get there before Him He's like, oh you did everything just right you were mm-hmm. perfect uh, we're gonna have these times where we're challenged and we're we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna have that doubt and that fear and that anxiety we're going to have that that where that uneasiness uh but it helps us to grow and to develop and it's when we just have to keep walking with them and keep learning and keep believing and keep trusting uh keep celebrating you know the, the small times because this just definitely brought to heart to say hey you know we've got to celebrate everything every little victory every big victory and continue to uh, celebrate one another. Uh, is this definitely brought you know? Even at, to this morning when I was in her room looking for some stuff and just thinking about you know her smiling face and as I think about my other kids and that even the, after her surgery was that day and when I, I thought about when you were talking about it, then we had an, a, oh, another yeah. surgery two days later, and so we've got to continue to walk this walk out. And and just continue to trust God and believe God, and I'm, and my hope is that when folks hear this, that it will be uh, an inspiration to them that they will get something from it, and learn that there's no pattern, uh, there's no uh, set way of doing things, there's no methodology. Uh, you just uh, you got to work it out yourself and and, and believe God, and, and that you know sometimes when we go through things. It is uh, so others can see, hey, you know, they made it, I can make it too. And that's what I'm, we're hoping that others will see, hey, you know, that Rufus and Candace made it. And by no means are they perfect. They, they got some uh, many faults and they've got some things that they've done wrong. Uh, but if they can make it and they can push on through, then I can, I can also push on through. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so thank you for, for joining me. Thank you for supporting this this idea to to encourage people through our podcast, Our Imperfect Faith. Thank you for having me. 
And so we, we hope, again, that you were inspired by today's um, launch of our Imperfect Faith podcast. And we hope you'll join us in the weeks, months, and hopefully years to come as we talk to family and friends and others who will share their stories about how they got through things that were challenging and may not have handled it perfectly, but they still had faith. That, like you said, Rufus, they had may have had doubt in their hearts, doubt in their heads, but they had faith in their hearts. So we'll be talking to people who've lost children, people who have gone through divorce after many years of marriage, people who've lost jobs, people who've found out about their children's um, sexual identity that may be and how they handled it when it's different than what. Um, you know, when what they've been taught in church challenges um, what their their son or daughter is saying. So just a, a variety of topics. Um, and so we hope you'll join us. If you've got an idea for a podcast, we hope that you will email us at our imperfect faith at yahoo.com. That's our imperfect faith at yahoo.com. And we hope that you'll like, review, and listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and any el- anywhere else podcasts are shared. So again, thank you for joining us for this initial episode of Our Imperfect Faith.